This is Nursing Uncensored. Your host, Adrienne Benning, invites you to listen in on real conversations about all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nurses, nursing students, and allied health professionals, but non-medical folk will probably get a kick out of us too. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share. Welcome back to Nursing Uncensored. This is Adrienne, your host and long-term night shifter. For this episode, I'm reaching back into the vaults. I actually found a recording that I forgot I had. This one Andrew and I did in the early days of the show, circa August 2017, when it was still called Medroom Chronicles Nursing Uncensored. What a mouthful. So this show needs a little disclaimer. Since this was one of the first 10 episodes, we recorded by phone. (laughs) So not only is it telephone quality, but Andrew was driving on the highway to boot. I think he was driving from like Wisconsin to Illinois or something like that. So listeners beware, the audio quality is that of two podcasters who hadn't yet discovered online teleconferencing. I'm releasing this episode for a couple reasons. One is that I'm a sucker for nostalgia. And the second is that I think the content is really good. It makes me feel proud that I've upped my audio game uh, all by myself. Well, I guess with the help of YouTube, or as I like to call it, YouTube University. But it's a good show. It made me laugh, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. In this interstate chat, Andrew and I break down some of the common myths people hold about Night Shift. We love our day shift homies, but night shift is a whole different ball of wax with a lot of special circumstances that not many people have considered. We were able to maintain cell connection long enough to get some good thoughts out there for you guys. Later in the episode, Andrew alludes to the desire to eventually switch to day shift. Well, I'm able to confirm that as of the spring of 2019, he and his wife Sarah have made that switch. And last I heard, we're really enjoying the day shift clinic life, the lucky bastards. Though we miss him here at Nursing Uncensored, we're glad that he's good and that he's focusing on other endeavors. He still has his Traveler Talk group on Facebook, so if you're a traveling nurse, go check out Traveler Talk. Maybe we'll be able to get him back again for a chat in the future, but but this this episode, I think, is, is enough to tide us over for a little while. Last thing before we jump into it, at the end of this episode, I mentioned doing a follow-up episode discussing self-care for night shift workers. Um, so I think I'm going to do that. I feel like I always mention, like, oh, I should do this topic, and then I never write it down, and those episodes don't get made. So this time I'm going to follow up. It's also time for you to give me some input. If you're a night shifter and you have tips for our newbies, please send them to me and I'll read them on the show along with some of my own tips. So email me at nursinguncensoredpodcast at gmail.com or you can direct message me on Instagram. We're under the handle nursinguncensored. Okay, so I think that's it. Let's jump into my car phone chat with Andrew. I think the assumption is people sleep in the hospital. And I can, <laughs> that you know, there is no way people sleep at night. And there's a number of reasons for that. You know, we still have a job to do as nurses. Orders don't stop in the middle of the night. Things don't stop. You know, changes in conditions happen. You know, we've got to turn you. We have to check on you. We've got to do vitals. Um, there are special circumstances where doctors will write orders like, um, 
you know, don't take vitals from 10 p.m. to 0600 or something. Right, but those but, are usually incredibly stable, rare patients. Right. But people, just people don't sleep, and you know. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah. could, I could just I could laundry list reasons people don't sleep. We're coming in and out. Monitors are alarming. You can hear, you know, the helicopter landing on the building right across the the way. Um, you know, the patient has diarrhea or the patient is coughing or the patient is dying or, um, yeah, or, or your patient, oh man, oh man, or your patient sundowning. Oh God. Yep. Do do we want to give this explanation of what sundowning is for those who might not know? Oh yeah. Do you want to field this one? Talk about this a little, Andrew. Oh, oh, oh. Talk about the beauty of sundowning. Listen, it sundowning. Sounds it sounds pretty. It sounds like you know oh. you want to drink a glass of wine and have the sun go down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to have a glass of wine with a side of sundown, or you know, like a maybe, maybe a sundown <laughs> with some sundown. whipped cream on top, right? No, yes. listen. The sundowning is like the equivalent of Michael Jackson's Thriller. Okay, <laughs> literally, I'm I'm just telling you. People become zombies. It's it's unbelievable. I have no idea, really, honestly, why it happens. I'm sure there's been a ton of research about it. But the bottom line is people become crazy in the like, middle of the and night. Let's, and let's define this a little better. So there are some defining characteristics of a sundowner. Um, well, okay, so there's two factions. And then there's, I think, a couple categories within each faction. You've either got your pleasantly confused sundowner <laughs> who is adorable and sweet and you know thinks she's got to get up and fold the laundry or <laughs> is worried that you're not getting enough sleep but really all she keeps doing is hitting her call light or you know oh. cute little Elise. but then I, I feel like the number one sign that your patient is sundowning is this totally normal person who is talking to you during the day literally the second poof, the the sun hits the horizon they're naked as the day they were born. <laughs> you cannot keep a gown on them. You try tying it in all sorts of non-restrictive, non-illegal ways just to keep their boobs in their gown. You know, and inevitably it's a patient that is a fall risk, so you can't close the door. You've got to be able to see them. And, yep. of course, they want their booty as visible as possible because mm-hmm. deep. what that says to me is deep down in all of our psyches, we really just want to be naked. Yep. Oh, but it's I, true. I, they get naked. They all get naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think this assumption that people sleep and that things just are nice and calm and relaxed and pleasant, like a a baby's crib, is it's like it's so it's totally not true. And you know, and I feel our, like if that if that does happen and the rare rare occurrence i i'm walking around as though i'm about to pop a bubble i'm so worried that you know that i'm gonna oh those nights yeah so don't don't ever expect expect that if you're coming to the hospital that unless you're coming for a sleep study (laughs) 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 you're not i mean it just we can't do it and oh and so here's here's my pro tip. Here's my pro tip. Okay, so what I usually say to people, if people are like, um, why? Oh, you're in here again. I can't get any damn sleep. 
Blood pressure. <laughs> Didn't we just do this five minutes ago? Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, you get God. That when you go into the room. And really, you're just like, dude, if you would just lift it up your arm, I'll put the cuff on, I won't turn the light on, I'll be out of the room in two minutes. But we got this big song and a dance. And, um, yeah, it just, it, it basically becomes like this balancing beam of your, like, I want this night to stay good. I want to leave people alone to let them sleep. But also, like, you have, like, you have to give them antibiotics. You yep. have to give them heparin shots. Yep. Side note, why the fuck do we schedule heparin shots at 1230 at night? Oh, my God. I, eight that and eight is people. such eight and bullshit. Eight. eight and eight. Seven and seven. Eight, well, not seven and seven, because that's shift change. But eight and eight. Come on. Eight thirty and eight thirty. I, I've, it's because... It's because of the half-life of heparin, but but I, I, I agree it, with you. I get it, but but but, but what, still, half-life change in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I understand, Adrian. You're you know, preaching. Like... You're preaching to the choir on that fucking heparin shot in the like two in the morning. Really? I have to poke somebody and wake their ass up. And oh, to by wake the them up, and they're not yep. going to be able to fall back to sleep. Yeah. And they're going to have a big burning hole in their. Well, anyway. Yep. So yeah. So. But, I want to say something else. To the, you, you reminded me of something of so important, and this is a huge frustration of mine. And that is, if you're in the hospital, let's just assume that you're not going to get very good sleep or much sleep at all in general. And the reason is, as much as I would like to give you sleep, I know it promotes healing. I understand the physiology. Yeah, I want you to go to bed and leave but, it all alone. And sleep well. <laughs> but this is the deal. Nurses have a job to do. Doctors have a job to do. We all, phlebotomists, RT, we all have the job to do, which is get you better and keep you alive. Right. And frankly, your sleep is maybe a little less important in terms of priorities than your antibiotics, than turning you every two hours making sure that your vitals are done and making sure that you're not dying. So right. this is the deal. Pro tip from Andrew, I'm tired of hearing about, oh, you, you just did this an hour ago. Listen, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be in here unless I absolutely have to because I want you to sleep, but I'm here for good reason. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's what I was going to say earlier. So my pro tip, my verbiage, I, I like examples. What do you say in that situation? Sure, we can wax poetic about how we feel about it, but what I will say to people, if somebody, this is what I was getting at earlier, and then I lost my train of thought. If somebody's like, you know, grouching at me, they're pissed that I'm in there again, I say, you know what, you're here because you're not well, and it is, I want it, I wouldn't be taking good care of you if I just closed the door and let you sleep all night. And, you know, yep. if people push it, I'll say, you know, okay, here's, here's the reason. Like, for example, on neuro, okay, if you've got a patient, you know, we're doing vitals every two hours. Every two hours, four days, weeks potentially. Imagine someone coming and waking you up, shining a light in your eyes, making you do all sorts of stupid human tricks to prove that your brain is not swelling and making you go, like, fucking, like, unresponsive. Mm -hmm. But imagine that. From the patient's perspective, they are exhausted, and you're like, are they confused or are they just fucking tired? Right. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's all, these, all these situations where um, we can't let you sleep. If you could go home and just lay in a bed for eight hours without anyone disturbing you, you wouldn't need hospitalization. Yep. So, anyway, 
that's the soapbox. I don't want to belabor that point too much. But it's true. Like, you think that you come to the hospital and you're going to go to bed at 10 o'clock and wake up at 7? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no, you're not going to go to bed. Oh. But unless you have a damn good reason, don't be walking in the room, flipping on the brightest light without warning them. Don't yep. come in all loud talking to the person you're coming in the room with. Oh, yeah, and then the guy down and the No. You've immediately destroyed that patient's experience. Like, mm-hmm. if you woke me up that way, I would try to punch you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and patients do sometimes. So, yeah, oh, yeah, if you, you know, so the thing is, it sucks. You're not going to get any sleep. But we as nurses, we need to try to cluster cares. We need to try to minimize interruptions, and we also need to try to um, decrease stimulus. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Don't expect your confused patient to go to sleep. If you've got Rocky or whatever, Rambo <laughs> or whatever, whatever yep. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Sly Stallone, Rambo. Don't, don't expect to have that on the TV with the speaker in his ear and have that patient just, like, fall asleep. Like, use your common sense. Okay, so that was both a bunch of tips, but also a bunch of, like, complaining <laughs> 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 All right, oh so let's i know move on to our next point okay let's 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 keep moving some other what are some other myths about night shift andrew can you think of any others i can think of about 150,000. Oh, oh well, give me one okay so one of the things well this isn't this isn't really a myth but um you know uh i don't think it's a prominent myth but people get the impression that when you're on night shift that it's the same as when you're on, like, the same number of people. Like, you'd think, mm-hmm. okay, I have a nurse. I don't know how many patients she has. Well, your nurse might only have three or four patients during the day on my med surge, but at night, she might have five, six, mm-hmm. pray not seven patients. Good Lord. But that's the thing. It's like you think that night shift, okay, for one, not everybody's sleeping. For two, you don't have all the support and ancillary staff at night. So it's a myth that, you know, we have necessarily have, you know, we should, we're, we should just quit, quit our complaining and just, you know, day shift makes it work. Yeah, day shift has a whole different job. I don't like day shift because, man, I'll leave it to them. They do a great job of it. I'll take the challenge of, of night shift. But when you're talking about being on a unit with, like, you know, 40 patients, and you have maybe one RT, maybe two RTs, or, you know, you have one nursing assistant for 30 people, or, God, if the ratios are even worse, then, you know, then what? So you have to remember, you don't have, you know, social workers, you don't have as many doctors, you don't have family around to help out, or if you do have family, they're asleep. They're asleep. The patient's not. The family's snoring in the corner. Right. Um, Not always. Not always. Sometimes patients, family members are a saving grace to us. Um, but yeah, so I think that that the note, the not having the full support of staff, um, but you know, again, to balance that out with the homeostasis of it all is that we may not have as much support, but I feel like both by the nature of the type of personalities that work night shift and also the nature of the fact that you don't have as many people to go to for help, I think our teamwork is a lot tighter. Would you say so? And and you've worked in a lot of different hospitals. Do you feel like you've had some tight night shift teams in places you've gone? Um, or no, or no. Are are we are we a unicorn unit? 
I have to say um, that generally speaking, I've had fantastic experiences with teamwork at night shift. I have to say, I have to get not my hat to my the particular unit that I'm on currently. There is a level of teamwork at this unit that I've never seen before at night. Literally, it's crazy, Adrian. Like, I'll, I'll get a trauma admit. The charge nurse will do your questions. Your coworkers will help you settle them, get the vitals in, turn them, and for good reason because these patients um, are often in full spinal precautions and they're tre- incredibly unstable. So you need that support in order to safely mm-hmm. turn them mm-hmm. to keep their spinal column intact. So, but generally speaking, I've had good luck at night with team effort and my coworkers. And that's not to say that our, you know, nurse brothers and sisters during the day don't have good teamwork, but they have the benefit of potentially having physical therapy there to get that patient up to bed, occupational therapy there to help them brush their teeth, you know, whatever. They're little things, but they add up to time for a nurse, time, energy, steps. Um, And so, um, you know, I want to be really clear. I don't want to I don't want to inflame our night sh- or our day shift comrades because, like yep. I said, they're the yin, yin to our yang. We can't do this without them. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, when you've only got two nurses on your end because that's all the patients that, you know, that's all it called for, well, you better hope that you and that nurse are going to work well together. You better make oh. it work. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. could be a, make for a really shitty night if yeah. either you know that what? nurse doesn't work well with people or they don't, you know, you don't have a good relationship with them. You're gonna have a long fucking night. Or you know, or they're just their their hearts in the right place, but if they're slow, and I don't mean slow like in a negative like making no no, better, but I mean like hey. if they're just if they're newer or if they just don't move as fast or if they're just not as certain about themselves, so they need a little bit more thought and preparation. Um, that can make or break it. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to specifically say where I work each time I refer to it, but I really feel like like what you're describing, this teamwork, this charge nurse getting the documentation done, your CNA hopping on the vitals, your other nurse, like, making sure the IVs work. Like, I feel like unless we're all already running crazy with our own responsibilities, I feel like I it's going to be really hard for me to ever leave this unit, at least with the culture the way it is now, because it's true. You need that at night. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to draw blood cultures a few shifts ago, and I, he had, I could see his veins. I could feel his veins. The needle would go in, and the veins would just sink into the floor. They were just gone. Um, used vein, every trick in the book. Could not get blood on this guy. I had three other, granted, he was consenting to it. It's not like we were just, like, lining people up to come in and stab him. But, you know, he's sick. We need this blood. So we had to poke him many times. Yep. And he was doing fine with it. It's not like we were, you know, digging in his veins, like, being sadists about it. But I was like, I have to look at your foot. Like, they're painful. Can I? But I got to. And he's like, you do what you need to do. Like, you're, he, you're the professional. He said that. He was like, you do what you need to do. So, you know, but still, it took four of us because once I poke a person twice, I'm not just going to keep being like, oh, here's one. How about this one? <laughs> right. And, and, a- if you're the, and if you're the patient and that nurse has missed two or three times, you're going to be like, eh. 
Right. Why don't you go get somebody who's worked here about 20 years longer than you? Right. There's a professional courtesy of two and done. And yeah. on the, tr- truthfully, there's been a few moments. There's been a few times where I've done, I've got it on the third try because I'm like, God damn it. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. But, if but I generally that, speaking, because the patient is like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. It's fine. I'm fine. Like, right. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Like, right. That happens. Yep. You know, I was, I was thinking as you were talking and that, you know, another thing that makes night shift, I believe more challenging than any other shift is the effect that it has on you personally and physically mm-hmm. and emotionally. It is very unnatural to live the third shift oh, lifestyle. Yes. And the the thing is is you are constantly tired. You never feel like you get enough rest. I'll give you an example. When I first started travel or excuse me, when I first started nursing, I had to use melatonin to sleep because mm-hmm. I couldn't get to sleep any other way. Mm-hmm. I had to graduate from melatonin to trazodone because melatonin stopped working for me. And even yeah. then with trazodone, I still feel like I just don't get enough rest. And I have to say within the last probably six months to a year, I'm really feeling the effects. The first couple of years of nights, I'm like, yeah, this is okay. But nowadays, I'm really, I'm just feeling the physically not energetic at all. Mm-hmm. And that makes me, as I hate to say it, <laughs> I ha- I'm thinking mm-hmm. about going on to days, and which sucks <gasps> because Whoa. I know, I know, it's a huge transition for my lifestyle and Sarah's lifestyle, as you know. Sarah's yeah. been doing nights for seven years, and I've been doing yeah. it for four. But uh, it's not that I don't like the people on days. It's that I don't like the 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 style of work on days. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it's super fast-paced. Yep. People are awake. You're dealing with family members. You're dealing with administrators, managers. I don't like to deal with that shit. I just want to get in. It's a lot coming at you from all directions. Yeah. Yep. Or social work or pharmacy. It's like, God. Oh, and the discharges? Oh, God. So well, it's like. the thing. And, and at least for me, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but at least for me, it's not just, yes, there are tasks that I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't like to do that. I would rather stay awake for two days than ever have to do that. However, like, I do feel that it, it, they're different personalities. Like, I am a nurturer. I am an empathetic, like, yeah, I like the technical side of things. I like the, the patho, and, like, I, I'm a good science-minded person. But I'm the one that wants to, like, give you a back rub before bed or make sure that you feel safe so that you can actually sleep or, you know, to, um, I don't know. For me, especially palliative care and end-of-life care, for some reason, for me, at night, that's most important to me because during the day they've got company, they've got family, they've got phone calls, they've got the TV at night. It gets really lonely. And so for me, it's not just about the like tasks, the stuff that you have to do. It's exactly what you're saying. It's the style. It's the intention behind why you wanted to do this. Yep. Do you want to do this because you're an adrenaline junkie and you want to be in all the code? Well, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not, that sounded very negative. But if you're someone who likes the, the thrill, the charge, the fast-paced nature, the life 
on the line saving lives. Like, if that's your thing, cool. I'm not going to judge. But for me, I want it to be dark in their room. I Mm -hmm. want it to be, you know, I want to be able to promote quiet and rest and calm because that's just who I am. Yep. So anyway, yeah. But but it's true. Your circadian rhythm, your body, your emotions, mm-hmm. I don't blame you for wanting to switch. But God, God help you, Andrew. It's going to be oh. quite the – so as a side note, if you go to day shift, is Sarah willing to take that jump with you? Or are you guys going to start doing what well, Doug and I do day to night? Yeah, she's ready to switch too. She's, All right. She's the, – the thing is, is we're – you know, we're thinking about stopping traveling in the next, uh, you know, six months to a year. Sure, and a place to call home and just yeah. And we want to we want to change to normalcy. We want to live a normal normal ish life as as much as a, a nurse can live a normal <laughs> life. Um, yeah. But we but as you know, you you miss that's another thing that's hard on nights. I'd say and nursing in general, but you miss out on life events. Oh, you yeah, brunch see, on Sunday? Hell no. You're going to yep. bed. You're going to bed. You've got to because you've got to get up to go to work in, in, you know, 10 hours. Right, exactly. And so, yeah. Thir- but, yeah. but, but, again, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to flip every coin that you flip, that you land. But um, the positive side of that, okay, so say you work nights, all right? If you're someone like me, there was a number of years ago, I can't remember, it was either right before I started nursing school or during nursing school. I think it was right before, because during nursing school, I didn't see sun um, at all <laughs> for months. But um, right before, I had a friend, had a pool, and I would get off work, and I would go straight to the pool. And um, granted, I stayed in the shallow end with a floaty so that I threaded through my bathing suit so that I wouldn't <laughs> drown, fall asleep. But, but even though I should have gone to sleep, I felt like being in the sun, warm, listening to birds, seeing the clouds. That was more therapeutic for me at the time than an extra hour and a half of sleep tacked onto my day. So at least when you work night shift, you have the option that, yeah, you go home, you want to go to bed if you got to go back to work. But like me, I worked last night. And because, you know, I've got some weekend stuff with family, I'm trying to get myself back on, you know, a regular day shift again, so to speak, for my days off so that I can enjoy time with my family and not be a zombie. But, like, I've been awake now since it's now, what time is it? It is 3.42. Quarter to to four on a Friday, and I woke up at, like, 4.30 yesterday after a handful of hours body sleep. And, you know, my body feels the effects of it. However, I know that if I had come home and gone straight to bed, there's no way in hell I would have been able to sleep tonight, and then my day tomorrow with my family would have been in the toilet. Yep. So these are just some things that we have to think about. I basically, you know, when when you're planning an event as someone who lives in the normal day shift world, you think, oh, you know, we've we've got a thing to go to on Saturday. When I get off work, we'll just go to that thing. But when you're a night shifter, you have to think, okay, you have to reverse engineer this shit. Okay, so if I have to be there at this time, that means I have to go to sleep at this time. Yeah. I want to get this many hours of sleep. Yeah. That means I have to be home by this time and in bed. So it becomes this negotiation. And I'm sorry, but that is kind of contrary to being relaxed for sleep. 
when you're laying in bed staring at the clock going, I only have six and a half more hours of sleep. I only have six hours and 15 minutes of sleep. I only have six hours and 10 minutes of sleep. And your brain is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then, you know, does that ever happen to you? Oh, oh yeah, you, all the time. Like, I, if I don't go to sleep right now, I'm not going to get a full day's sleep. Oh, my God. Honestly, Adrian, when I first started nursing – Oh, let me let me let me back it up here. So I've always been really grumpy about getting my <laughs> adequate amount of sleep. It was a huge problem initially, yeah. and I mean, literally, I had to have eight to ten hours of sleep when Sarah and I first met. That has totally changed. Now I'm like, ah, six hours. That's about right because well, that's about all I can get on my shift. Yeah, and the, weird, the weird thing is, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm just so worked up. I'm like, oh, my God, night shift. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. I was just going to say that, um, you know, when you lay in bed and you think, oh, fuck, I only can get seven hours of sleep, and then an hour passed. Oh, shit, I can only get six hours of sleep. And then by the time all that happens, you know, you get, you end up with, like, five hours, 43 minutes, and two seconds of sleep. And it's like, oh, my God, yeah. I have to work now. Yeah, so. and, and I have to be alert enough that I'm safe for my patients. Oh, and yeah. I have to be able, and yeah, so that's tough. That's tough. And, you know, my brain yeah. doesn't even know when to produce melatonin anymore. Um, I've been on night shift 12 years at the hospital, two years before that in home care, and then worked late late evenings, like 3 to 11, for years before that. Um, my mom worked night shift, so in the summer – when I wasn't in school, if I was hanging out with my mom, we'd go, like, grocery shopping at 2 in the morning when I was, like, 16, 17 years old. So yep. I feel like I've been nocturnal for most of my life. Yep. But um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me. And this will be for another show, but I have a very elaborate get-ready-for-bed routine because if I don't do it, then I have that, I only have six more hours, I only have five more hours. And yep. sometimes I still have that, like yesterday, but um, not if I not if I go through. And I'm you know I'm a pretty laid back, easygoing individual. But before work and after work, I have my routine. And if my routine is thrown off, it messes with my mojo. Yep. So you know to reel it in a little bit. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I could rant Lord. about that. Um, I was just thinking, you know, another challenge of working nights is, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, and it's the relationship between doctors on days versus doctors on nights. And I don't know how it is on your unit, but on on most of the units that I've worked with, there's resident teams. And I think you have staff Mm -hmm. physicians that you primarily communicate with, unless it's a medical overflow patient. You know, what I was thinking about was sometimes a real pain in the ass to get the orders you need at night because the residents and the resident teams, it's like they're afraid to adjust anything because they're like, well, I don't know if days would want that. Well, MoFo, listen, care does not stop at 7 p.m. I need my orders. And you know what? Use your, you know, extremely expensive education to make a good judgment and give me what I need. It's like, listen to me. I'm telling you that this patient is NPO for aspiration, and you're telling me to give him PO Tylenol? 
Right. You don't need to consult a 25-year physician to know that those things are incompatible. Like, right. <laughs> so, yes. And, you know, confidence comes with time, both for nurses and doctors alike. But, yeah, it's like, man, come on. Like, and I don't want to have to negotiate in my mind whether or not the thing that my patient needs is worth it, quote, unquote, enough to call someone in the middle of the night. Yep. So it's like, you know, if my patient needs a suppository, I don't want to have to make it wait. If they ask for it and they need it. I don't yep. want that doctor to be like, I can't right now. You know, like, I understand you got to prioritize too, Doc, but, like, yep. yeah, we, we need that stuff. You know, regarding that that mindset of should I or should I not page, and I totally understand that uncomfortable feeling that almost like am I can inconveniencing this physician with my page? Well, I can tell you. I, I used to have a huge problem with that, and I think this comes with time and a little bit of confidence, but the realization that I had was these people get paid a ridiculous amount of money, and they've gone to school for this job. If they get grumpy, that is their prerogative. And so, <laughs> you know what? If you don't like to be paged, you don't like to hear from nurses, then don't do the job. But in the true, meantime, true. I would just say, you know what, if you feel like your patient needs something, if your patient needs, you know, a particular med or a change in an order and it, you might like, eh, I don't know if I should page, I always err on the side of paging because yeah, no, always, at least you course. put the ball in their court. They can do with it as you please. You know, and at, and at the University of Iowa, they have this really snazzy little – I communicated with the doctor thing and the flow sheet. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. all facilities have that. Right, right. And I so, and I, I like that because not only does that give a more clear picture of the communication occurring about this patient's care, but it also legally covers your ass. Because yep. if you page about something a number of times and you don't get a response, well, you've been, you have legal proof that you have been busting your ass to get this taken care of. But what I mean in terms of, here's the thing. If my patient needs something, I'm not going to hesitate to advocate for them. You can yell at me till you're turning blue in the face. I don't care. It's not about me. It's not about you. However, I'm not going to be one of those nurses that pages at 3 in the morning on a Friday or a Saturday morning to, to be like, um, this says that the lidocaine patch goes on his left hip. Actually, <laughs> back to the right hip. Like that's the kind of stuff I'm saying. Like, or you know, your patient, like they, um, you know, they've asked three times for a triple dose of Dilaudid, and you know the doctor's not going to do that. They've already said no. They've documented hell no. The patient <laughs> isn't listening to you say hell yes. no. Yep. So then, you know, but then those are the circumstances where I'm like, I call, but I'll page and I'll say, the patient insisted I page you. I am doing that. This is the situation. Yep. I don't do that very often, but if they're like, I need, I need a podiatrist to come clip my toenails at 830 tonight. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to page three times for that. If he's busy. Right. Your 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 overgrown toenail that's been like that for thirty eight years is going to be fine for one more night. 
Oh, yeah. You know, this is really actually very um, revealing in terms of I keep coming up with new and interesting things about the challenges of night. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, you reminded me of was, and we kind of talked about this earlier, maybe it's just irrelevant, but, you know, you can always edit my ass out, of course. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm going to edit you all out. Just don't be me talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> is... You know what? I haven't been charged ever in my career. I was a nurse. I was a charge, I guess you could say, at the nursing home, but not in acute care. Right, right. And one of the things that I noticed that charge nurses have to do, and I fucking hate it, and I and this is a primary reason why I would refuse to be a charge. If I if I was ever a, like a really legit resident or somewhere, I, I would make sure that I wouldn't have to be charged. This is this is one of the reasons, but there's other reasons too. But I don't really not worth it to me but but anyway is the fight the charges have to go through with staffing it is so it's like it's like please staffing please give me this safe staffing i need this for my patients and staffing's like no they bring down the band hammer and they're like oh sorry you're over budget you know screw you i can't i can't do it Right. Oh, like, come I, tell my patient that I'm over budget. Come down. I know. You know, there has been so, so much research. If you just Google this, there are documents upon documents that say safe staffing. This is a whole other episode, I guarantee mm-hmm. you, Adrian. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. safe staffing leads to better patient outcomes, meaning yes. people don't die yeah. as much and they don't have as much complications. And, oh, my God, the retention of your nursing staff. Yep, yep. You give them safe staffing. You protect their licenses. They will stay. Of course. You disregard their, you know, you give me five or six patients that are all really acutely ill, you're asking for me to go to court. Like, you're asking for me to miss something, make a mistake, you know, I've thought about that situation. Like, what do you do if you have multiple people? Like, what if I would I never I pray this never happens. I'm sure this has happened in places. But like, what do you do if you have multiple people code in a given situation and you run out of staff? Like, granted, the code team comes, but we don't have multiple code teams. So God forbid that you should have. You know, we have patients that are. You know, they're. You know, you're watching their monitor closely. You're you're checking on them constantly because you're just nervous that that arrhythmia is going to go to shit. And if you've got two patients, like, I mean, you know, granted, I'm playing out horror stories in my head, but it's like that that staffing is important to every single person in the hospital because. Yes. Oh, but yeah, whole separate episode, whole separate episode. Oh yeah, yeah, I absolutely despise that aspect of a charge nurse role. I hear it. Every single night, no matter where I've been around the country, it's just like this begging for something that should be a legal requirement. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's another whole another, another issue. issue. But you know what you know what I mean, Adrian. It's like yeah. So that's that's another thing about nights is you know we again we we lack the resources, but we also lack the staff. I mean that's kind of the same thing, but you know, well, no, anyway. not really because. You know, your staff is one thing. Your resources are another. Like, say you have multiple patients on a unit that need to go down for a stat head CT, and you've got one person running a scanner in the ER at night. It's like yep. these things happen, and they do affect patient care. Yep. Um, 
And, you know, I think that it's important for us to note also, here's the thing, I want to be really careful not to just be like, oh, my staff does that. I keep want, I keep feeling like I need to reiterate, both roles are important, but on night shift, you're charge nurse at night. Also, it takes patience. Like, during the day, you usually get an NPC charge, a non-patient care charge. So your charge nurse is purely responsible for being charged. But oftentimes, like on our unit after 11, that charge nurse still has all of those charge responsibilities, um, which we can talk about. I mean, literally everything that comes out of our mouth is like another show topic. But, like, (laughs) you have all of your charge responsibilities but then you also potentially have a full load of critical or, you know, intermediate patients. Mm-hmm. That's what scares me is the fact yep. that, like, I need to be on the phone with staffing right now, but I hear my patient's alarm going off. Do I hang up on – yeah, I hang up on the staffing clerk. Oh, yeah, you and do. And they have to wait a minute, <laughs> and they have to wait. Yep. Yep. But then, you know, yeah, so, gosh, this could – I mean, we could literally – and I don't want this to devolve into just a bitching situation, but I want to be very – clear to people that the idea of that night shift nurse that's going to like rub your back and rub your feet and yeah. make you a warm cup of tea I wish <laughs> I would I would I would give a lot to be able to fulfill that role for you every yep. night as a patient but you know what yep. I'm sorry but I already know that the longer you sit here and tell me about your Pomeranian the more that poop is drying on the legs of my patient that I haven't been in to see for two hours. Right. So it's this constant balancing act, but I just I feel like at night, not only do you have all of these challenges, the sundowners, the working against your body's rhythm, not having your support staff, all of these things we've talked about, but in addition to that, you have people that then don't, understand why you're so tired when you come home my partner is great he works health care lay health care as well home care disability care all of it he's amazing but he i think still sometimes has a hard time grasping just what it is you know how many pounds i'm pushing how many steps i'm taking he's an uh, he's an amazingly empathetic person but like say you have a spouse who's not Yep. And you come home from work, and you're wiped for, like, two days. And people are like, well, why don't you use your days off to do more fun stuff? Well, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I can't move my body. <laughs> right. Like, I know oh. to be triaged. <laughs> like, right? So, oh, that's um, so true. I think, you know, I really think that um, we should maybe wrap it up on this note, but I want to make a bridge, Okay. I want to make a bridge. I, you know, we don't usually talk about our next topic in um, our episodes because we want to leave some room to be able to change our content based on what's relevant to what's going on or what we're feeling. But I think that within the next episode or two after this one, we should really talk about that night self-care, that night shift care, not just the, like, getting ready for work ritual, but, like, the things that you really need to consider excuse me, about night shifts. Like, your meals are different. You're going to poop at different times. You know, you need to make sure that you're being conscious of when you're conducting business. There's so many things that we can talk about that need to be considerations for night shifts that a lot of people who've never worked night shift might not even realize. So 
I, I do want to kind of leave that. I want to start building that bridge to that next topic. But um, my closing thought is night shifts, even when we're running crazy, I never have to struggle to find a parking space. I never <laughs> have to wait for an elevator. Yep. I don't have to wait in line to buy a pop in the cafeteria. I don't have to get stuck in a hallway behind seven people walking in a row, blocking the entire hallway. You know, you, there are so many things at night that are worth it to me. The dim lights, the quiet hallways, it's a different place at night. So, yep. um, and, and with that, I'll shut up and I'll let you say your, what you have to say. <laughs> you know, I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Adrian. I appreciate you, you know, you allowing me. <laughs> Basically, you know, with all these challenges and all this bitching that I've done about nights, the truth is I love it. And mm-hmm. if it didn't take its physical toll on me, like it's currently doing, I'd probably work nights forever because Same. I like Same. the vibe. Amen. I like Amen. the vibe of night shifts. I like the pace. I like the change of demeanor. I like the people that I work with because generally night shift attracts a very different type of person. Usually most people on nights are chillax. They're just cool, going with the flow type of people. They like very... going out for breakfast in the morning. Oh, God, <laughs> the glorious breakfast. Right. You will never again see your friends when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I'm calling you on the highway because it's yes. like, well, I and gotta find you. Captive audience. Right. <laughs> I physically have my hand over my mouth so I don't interrupt you again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Listen, Adrian. I I have the talking stick. It is my. Don't steal my thunder. It's my time. Yeah, yeah. This is a good talk. I think it's important to know that night shift is more challenging than people think. I I love nights. I wouldn't change it for the world. I'll probably go on days eventually, um, but in the meantime, night shift is is working for us. Sarah and I both love it. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a hard day. The day that I sign up for that day line. That is going to be, um, because honestly, when I have to go, when I went in for day shift on orientation, it made me feel sick. That's all I can say. Always felt <laughs> sick. But, you know, Came Adrian. nights and I blossomed like flowers. There, there is something to be said. I do notice a change in people when they go nights today. Mm-hmm. Oh, your bones just cut out. Are you coming back? can't hear you. We might have to cut it there. All right. Well, I think we lost Andrew somewhere in the plains of the Midwest. So um, I'm just going to call it here, folks. Thank you for listening to another (laughs) DIY episode of Medroom Chronicles. Please go find us on iTunes. Thanks for listening and happy nursing, guys. Here at Nursing Uncensored, we may be, well, uncensored, but we're not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. 
The things we talk about are from years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide helpful and accurate information, but don't take anything we say as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's Board of Nursing, Practice Acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers, educational, or professional institutions. Thanks for listening, and happy nursing, folks.